Science on Surfaces. Welcome to this podcast. Today we will talk about superhydrophobic surfaces. We will talk about what a superhydrophobic surface is, what makes this property arise, and how superhydrophobic surfaces can be manufactured. Here with me in the studio, I have Susanna Laurien. She is an expert on surface-related phenomena, for example, adhesion, wettability, surface tension, and surface-free energy. Susanna has been working at Biolin Scientific around these topics for over eight years, and before that, she did her PhD on microfluidics and superhydrophobic surfaces. Welcome. Thank you. I'm really looking forward to uh, learn more about this uh, fascinating topic. Yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> yeah. So what is a superhydrophobic surface? So uh, simply put, uh, they are surfaces that can uh, repel water very efficiently. Uh, so superhydrophobic surfaces uh, were actually discovered from nature. So uh, lotus leaves have this property. And uh, you might have heard a, a lotus leaf effect, which is uh, which uh, means the surface cleaning or the, the self-cleaning property mm-hmm. of the lotus leaf. Uh, so basically, uh, if you have a, r- a rain drop on the lotus leaf, it can just roll off the leaf easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we think, I mean, in a scientific uh, way, what we uh, how we define superhydrophobic surface is that the water contact angle is about 150 degrees and then uh, it has a low contact angle hysteresis and typically uh, it it's, has to be below 10 degrees. What is the contact angle hysteresis again? A quick recap. Yeah, so basically, I mean, uh, if you place a droplet on, on a surface, you can measure the contact angle and that contact angle is static contact mm. angle. And... Uh, uh, so then, depending on which type of a surface you have, that uh, the, the water drop can take different shapes. And in the superhydrophobic surfaces, it will be almost spherical. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the static contact angle will be really high. As I mentioned, it, it has to be higher than 150 to, to, to be superhydrophobic, but then it, it also has to, uh, but, but it can be much higher than that as, as well. But this static contact angle is is uh, really dependent on how you place the drop on the surface. So basically, the droplet can take a little bit different uh, energy state, as we call it. So we have actually local energy minimums and local energy maximums, mm-hmm. and the the difference between those values are contact angle hysteresis mm-hmm. so if we if we take a little bit more i mean it's maybe easier to understand visually in a sense that if you if you place that drop on the surface then you start to tilt mm. the surface um, and typically at some point the droplet will start to to move or roll off the surface and when that happens you can measure at the front edge mm-hmm. of the drop Mm-hmm. you can measure one contact angle and at the, the back edge you can measure the other. Right. The front is advancing, what we call advancing contact angle, and the back is receding contact angle. So the difference between those two is the contact angle hysteresis. Mm-hmm. 
so basically the contact and cohesis almost kind of measures the the stickiness of mm. the water right. to the surface. Yeah. Okay. And what value did you say that you wanted? To so with to to be super hydrophobic, you have that value has to be lower than than uh, 10 degrees. Okay. Because you can actually have uh, you can have very high static contact angle, but then you can also just tilt the surface and the droplet will not move. Yeah. So then that kind of loses, then you don't call it super hydrophobic anymore because then all the things that you, you want to achieve with that surface are, I mean, they, they are not uh, working anymore because mm. you don't have that. Okay, so why are these surfaces interesting? Um, so there are actually so many different possibilities uh, with this type of surfaces. So the, the water repellency is, of course, obvious one. And it's it's also quite easy to to think where you would want that, like in outdoor clothing, for example. You want to have, uh, I mean, you you have your your typical raincoats, but they are not very comfortable if you want to run, for mm. example. So you want to have fabrics that are comfortable, but then uh, they can repel water. Mm as well mm. so then you could uh, have uh, different type of textiles that have this super hydrophobic property property mm. so that uh, they repel water uh, more easily and then also uh, different type of I mean anti-fogging windows for example uh, you can imagine that that would be a great benefit in or many... even just glasses or a- like... absolutely like lenses, lenses. Uh, yeah exactly that would be a really nice property if you are wearing uh, eyeglasses you mm. know that it's so annoying when you get that mm. um, then uh, I already mentioned uh, briefly the self-cleaning property there are other ways to uh, to to achieve self self-cleaning than super hydrophobic surfaces but in lotus sleeves the the super hydrophobic surface i mean the, the that uh, the water droplet uh, rolls off the leaf taking dirt mm. away from the leaf so it collects all the dirt that it will yeah pass exactly and all kinds of uh, patterns as well so i mean if you have like wunchy wunchy uh, or al- uh, algae uh, yeah. accumulation on the leaf yeah. so it will also take away uh-huh. those so that's kind of a beneficial for the for the lotus leaf yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to have that kind of a, a property mm-hmm. so okay so where does this property come from then so uh, basically there are two uh, two things uh, you have to have a proper surface chemistry uh, and then some type of a roughness so surface chemistry is uh, it's um, some type of a, a, a polymer coating typically like flora polymer coatings or waxes or things like that that have very high a very low surface free energies so contact angles on those water contact angles are very high uh, but even if you take uh, like um, some fluoropolymer coating which is which has the basically the highest possible uh, con- water contact angle that you can find if it's com- if it com- if it is completely smooth you can only have let's say 120 degree contact which angle. is not enough no it's not enough so basically you that's so then chemistry itself doesn't explain this so then you need to have also um also some kind of roughness so that when you place the droplet on top 
the uh, the roughness will actually enhance the uh, the hydrophobicity okay. of the surface. Okay, and how does that work? So there are actually, um, I mean, if we go a little bit on the on the theory side, there you can um, the wettability can be divided into into vent cell state. So you have a droplet that is in vent cell state, which means that you have that roughness on the surface, you place a drop there and the contact angle can be, let's say, 150. But what happens is that still the water will actually penetrate into the roughness. So it, the, there will be no uh, air pockets there. So you need the air pockets. You need the air pockets to a- achieve the, uh, the super hydrophobicity because at the Wenzel state, I mean, you don't really i mean it can you if you try to if you measure the the hysteresis on that type of a surface you probably have higher hysteresis than that the 10 degrees that i mentioned so uh, you actually want the droplets to be in what we called a cassie baxter state okay <laughs> which yeah. means that this just comes from the the guys that have invented the theories so then you basically have a water droplet on top of the roughness so that you have air pockets in between. So actually the, the actual area where the water is touching mm. at the surface is much less mm. than the area of the drop. Right. So uh, that, uh, that's where the, the super hydrophobicity comes from. Okay, so what about the roughness? Are there any requirements to make this happen? Yes, so typically uh, you would require what we call a dual scale roughness or roughness in two dimen- dimensions. Mm-hmm. So you typically have some type of a micrometer scale roughness. Let's say you would have uh, some type of a, a pillar surface mm. for example so is that in like micrometer height micrometer or, or width uh, or, or both or both yeah exactly so then uh and th- so you would have like let's say let's say like two micrometer uh in diameter pillars mm. uh, and then on top of that you would have smaller roughness. Uh-huh. So those pillars would be porous, for example. Okay. And the porosity of the, the, the dimensions of those pores should be less than 200 nanometers. Uh-huh. So it has to be in, in a nanometer scale then. Okay. So that's usually what you need to... to, to and I mean, of course, in, on top of that, you need the, the right surface chemistry. Mm-hmm. So you need to hyd- have the hydrophobic surface chemistry. Okay, so but then those values that you said, the two micrometers and 200 nanometers, mm. are they give or take depending on chemistry and whatever drop you're putting on top? Uh, well, I mean, it's it's always water, of course, but then, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it doesn't have to be a pillar shape, for example. It no. can be like a pyramid shaped yeah, or but yeah, it's yeah. kind of a that that scale so like one roughness is uh, at the micrometer scale yeah. and the other has to be in nanometer yes in the scale and then you said something about the air pockets so will the air pockets be on the micrometer scale then or in, on the nanometer scale well typically i would say that they well probably nanometer scale but they would be on basically kind of on top of the whole structure ideally uh-huh. so okay. that it wouldn't penetrate at all in between the in pillar. between yeah exactly okay, okay yeah okay 
so we know there are natural materials or we know the lotus leaves yeah and we know what's required yeah. for them to be super hydrophobic mm. so can we make them yes we yeah. can yeah so that has actually been a kind of a, a very much research uh topic i mean if you look at the the publications on the area there has been a numerous uh, um, publications where people have been able to produce this type of roughness i mean super hydrophobic surfaces from various different uh, materials typically i would say um, you would have some kind of a relatively rigid substrate that you make the roughness first on that substrate and then uh, you coat that oh, with the, the fluoropolymer coating to get the chemistry mm. so it's uh, it's not so straightforward maybe to have a material that is kind of completely i mean the bulk material is already already with the correct mm. chemistry and the mm. and the roughness so typically you would fabricate the roughness and then coat it with something okay so what about commercial availability um i mean there are some but it's uh there it's quite um difficult because the um if you think about how we produce them it's uh it's typically done with some kind of an etching method for example so it's uh the scalability is an issue so typically we in publications you see them in very small mm areas so they are like let's say centimeter times centimeter or maybe like a wafer size i mean typically like silicon wafers are used um so that's one issue but then uh, the other issue is that since you have that roughness um it's uh, quite difficult to make rough surfaces that can withstand all kinds of touching and uh Right. and whatever you I yeah, mean, yeah. whatever Maybe. you have to do yeah. basically i mean if yeah. you think about the, like uh, where you could have like uh, on a smartphone on the um, on the class you might want that to be mm. super hydrophobic but people are touching it all the time yeah, so yeah, the yeah. roughness will most i mean probably be destroyed mm. and then it's it's uh, it it's not really super hydrophobic then anymore no, after no, no. somebody has touched it yes, exactly. so the durability is really a big issue mm. in this field because it's uh, uh i mean uh, where we want to apply this type of surfaces that they will most probably be touched yeah i'm thinking also somehow. like the raincoat that you mentioned yeah yeah in and out of your bag yeah, and then yeah, like yeah. <laughs> i mean it's yeah so that's of course an issue and then the the coatings that we have to use the fluoropolymer coating so there has been quite a lot of a- attempts to get rid of that chemistry because it's not uh, very environmental friendly to oh. to do the fluoropolymer coating so people uh, there has been no, a lot of publications where you have so that uh, you could maybe achieve the super hydrophobicity with some other type mm-hmm. of methods than using the so is it the coating process or the coating itself that are not it's so it's the fluoropolymer as such that yeah. Um, not good yeah exactly so i think so that's also something that is is uh, kind of uh, we should have some other solution Mm. for that surface chemistry Mm. 
maybe mimic the lotus leaf. Yeah, that, that is that is definitely the the starting point of Probably the whole research. No one ever tried. It, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now you invented it. <laughs> okay, so I mean, some pretty tough challenges that you mentioned. Are we able to overcome those? You think? Or? Um, yeah, I mean, there are already. I mean, if you, there are already some products at the market oh, so there, there are. are some sprays uh-huh. that you can apply uh, to the surfaces to make them super hydrophobic but um, well I haven't tested them but I'm assuming that the durability is an issue with those mm. and uh, I guess you just have to refill yeah exactly it's just kind of yeah exactly so um, but I mean that that is already uh, there are some available but the market size is still very very uh, I mean small if you if you think uh, the opportunities that that could be there mm. um then but i think um if you look at the uh, the the research that is being done here is that in the beginning it was enough if you just published a paper saying um super hydrophobic surfaces made out of this material that was kind of like, okay, well, new material, new technique to make the super hydrophobic surfaces, let's publish. Uh, nowadays, I think it's not maybe enough anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's uh, typically you have to kind of have something extra. So you need to, for example, one uh, that people are very interested in is uh, kind of opt- optical transparency. Mm-hmm. Of of the uh, of the super hydrophobic so coating. Why is that relevant? Well, there are I mean there are many applications where people want to use it, like in solar panels or solar cells, for example. Windows or windows, of course. So I mean, you want to have so that uh, I mean there are a, a lot of examples. Um, then uh, I mean then you could have like for solar panels anti-reflective coating because then of course you can uh, improve the efficiency of the solar panel so then you could have anti-reflective super hydrophobic (laughs) coating which would would then make your solar panel um, more uh, effective because of the the anti-reflection property Mm. but also because of the possibility to take the the dirt basically i mean the self-cleaning part of the, what super hydrophobicity gives yes so that uh, that is absolutely i mean one thing that is uh, that um uh, that is quite interesting and then a lot of publications on durability so how to improve the durability of these surfaces i mean i think that's probably the most one of the most like the biggest Mm. challenge here so, so how, how far are we there is there any hope <laughs> i guess there's always <laughs> hope but i mean it, it it is it is a tough tough challenge uh since uh, the roughness is it, it it's quite difficult to uh to to uh, solve that but all of these steps that are now being taken in in publications are kind of steps towards the commercialization mm of of these uh, products so when do you think we will i don't know hard to I, guess. Don't, I don't want it's to always, guess anything i don't want to be wrong 10 years it's <laughs> always 10 years right? yeah exactly <laughs> yeah uh, yeah super fascinating uh, topic 
Yeah, yeah, movie. this is yeah, and we could also. I mean, uh, I just want to mention we don't need to talk about it, but we could go further and talk about super oleophobic surfaces. Super oleophobic, yeah. and what is that? Uh, surfaces that repel oil. Repel oil. Okay, that's even tougher, but that's also kind of the direction where the research is actually is going. So there is a lot of things that people are researching around this we will save that for another episode yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay so that's uh, what we had for this episode Uh, so thank you for listening to me Malin Edvardsson and uh, Susanna Laurien from Biolin Scientific and I also want to take the opportunity to mention to those of you who are listening or watching that if you're interested in surface science and related phenomena you should check out our blog the surface science blog thank you